Brothers and sisters, in this gospel passage, we come to the heart of Jesus' great Sermon on the Mount. And if there is any text that summarizes what it means to be Christian, it is that fifth, sixth, and seventh chapter of Matthew. And if there is any text that we have a harder time reading, it is this one. A hundred years ago, the English journalist and Catholic apologist G.K. Chesterton wrote, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. Christianity has been found difficult and therefore left untried. And after reading this gospel passage, that is as true today as it was a hundred years ago. What Jesus asks is difficult then as now, both on that day when he preached from the mountain, as it is today as he preaches to us here in Itasca. When Jesus commands us to avoid not just killing, but anger, not just adultery, but lust, not just swearing false oaths, but swearing any oath whatsoever. Jesus does not merely cut against our own cultural predispositions, our own favored political positions, our own personal preferences. Jesus targets our sinfulness. Because it's easy to avoid killing. So many people who come into the confessional, who are unsure where to begin in confessing their sins, start off by saying, like, well, Father, I'm not a murderer. And I'll say, well, that's a good start. Well, that's well, because we don't need the law against murder. But when Jesus focuses our attention beyond the external action to the internal disposition, then we start to get uncomfortable. What Jesus asks for, what the kingdom of heaven demands of us, is not mere external observance, but internal adherence. That our very heart and mind be converted. This is all so difficult to try because these remedies go to the root. Our sins, our external actions spring forth from the thoughts of our minds, the movements of our hearts. That's where the battle is. That's where we struggle for mastery. For as soon as those angry words leave our lips, we wish we could bring them back. The moment our eye roves over the body of another with lust, a sense of shame comes over us. And when we hold ourselves up as a paragon of reliability, making a promise that we have no intention of keeping, there's a part of us that feels sick in our stomach. 
Because we know these internal dispositions lead us astray. We require that challenge from Jesus to do this difficult thing. And it is difficult. What Jesus calls us to is hard. But what if? What if we tried? What if finding Christianity difficult, we did not leave it to the side and say, oh, that's all some nice aspirational language, maybe fitting to embroider on a pillow and put on the couch, perhaps. But what if we actually tried? What would our lives look like? If we were to follow the commandment of Jesus and rid ourselves of anger, well, then our lives would be marked by a patience, a willingness to suffer when we encounter difficulty and frustration in our lives. Our lives will be marked by a forgiveness, a willingness to see the other not through the wound I have received from them, but to see the other through the love that God has for them. If we were to put aside the objectification of other people, reducing them to objects for our personal pleasure, our lives would be marked by a self-gift. Seeing the other as made in the image and likeness of God, as one called to eternal life, as one possessing that fullness of life, as one promised by God every good thing, we would rush to give to that person and not to take. Our lives would be marked by self-gift rather than taking from others. And what if we put aside hypocrisy? If the words that we spoke truly and authentically matched the intentions of our hearts, that we were as good as our word, that our promises were as reliable as the rising of the sun. A world of honesty and integrity. A place where we could know that a yes means yes, and a no means no. Still difficult? Of course. If we do it alone. Because there is that promise of God in our first reading, which we may have forgotten in hearing all the hard things that Jesus challenges us with today, but the promise of God to the book of Sirach is crystal clear. If you choose, you can keep the commandments. What a powerful promise from God. What great trust he has in us. Truth be told, I wish God didn't trust us so much sometimes. But God doesn't make junk. He made you and me in his image and likeness, and he knows that we are capable of living and loving according to his way of living and loving. 
He knows that we can't do it on our own. By our own power, we're inclined to go astray. And so God gives us the one thing that makes that promise possible, that allows us to keep those commandments. He gives us himself. He gives us his own life and love. When we eat from this altar, the body of Christ, we receive an infusion of divine life so that we might be transformed from the inside out. For Jesus goes down to the roots of our sinfulness to transform our hearts and minds that we might have that inner adherence, that integrity of body and soul that the kingdom of heaven envisions. The life of patience and forgiveness, the life of self-gift, the life of honesty and integrity, these just are the life of Jesus. And it is a life He shares with us. Because we belong to God. We are His, and He has made us. And we are called to remember that every moment of every day. To remember in all those small moments where we're tempted to lash out at the other. Those moments where we feel as though we deserve a special little something, and so our eyes begin to roam and wander and hungrily seek to satisfy our own desires. It comes in those moments where we were tempted to just save face, to say the right thing, even though we have no intention of doing the things that we say. In all of those ordinary moments, we remember we belong to God, and therefore we belong to each other. In these days, brothers and sisters, we're invited by our local church, by our Diocese of Joliet, to remember that we belong to God, that we belong to each other, and that we are called to exercise that in concrete ways. Yes, by patience and forgiveness, by self-gift, by honesty and integrity, but to show those things by our care for the least among us. To put our money where our mouth is. God knows that what he asks is difficult on our own. So he gives us himself to provide the strength to do all that we have found difficult and left untried. But God says to us, if you choose, you can keep the commandments. For after all, we belong to God.